Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're talking about death and grief a lot over here, haven't we? And I remember a really beautiful conversation that happened last series about when you lose a family member that happens to be an animal. And I bring you some sad news this week after the toners. The lovely, often mentioned Paddy, the feline friend of After the Tone, this week passed away. It's producer Deb and Jen's beautiful family member, a real character. And so I guess I just want to acknowledge that at the start this week to go much love to our lovely producer Deb, but also let's have a good one for Paddy, shall we? Come on. All right, here we go. Last one in the season. Let's make it a good one, girls. Tone, after the tone, after the tone, leave your Hello and welcome to After the Tone. Uh, I'm Scotty and with my lovely, amazing, beautiful, very talented friend Deb, only to be referred to as producer Deb by you lot, please. Each week we unravel our answer machine service uh, to see what bullshit you've got for us this week to sound surprised by. I mean, by this point, I'm hardly surprised by anything you fucking lot come out with. Listen, if you're new round here, it's a community centre. It's a bit weird, but you might like it. Episode 12, we've made it. Look at that. Three months. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Deb. Three months. And this is the last in the current series. Don't worry, we will be back, but we do need to take a little bit of respite. As you can hear in my voice, I've got a very tired voice because I've been talking to you lot far too much. But yeah, like I said, don't worry. Season four is coming back before you know it. Uh, oh God, what? Why? Why? Uh, uh. Let me try and get them out of the way. I think that's them. Okay, here we go. Remember, as ever, you can tweet along, post a story, do something that the children do on TikTok. 
as if I know, using the hashtag, hashtag after the tone, P-O-D. I can tell you what, my news today is that I'm absolutely desperate for a wee, but I think I might just hold it in because it's kind of making me sound more dynamic than I actually am. (laughs) So there's that. And also I've got to keep an eye on my emails because I'm in the middle. I'm a very privileged person to be going through buying McGaff, a little flat in uh, Manchesterford, which is lovely. But I tell you what, Oh my God, if someone asks me to prove I am myself another time, I might say to them, I've been trying to work that out in therapy for a very long time, okay? So stop triggering me, here's my birth certificate. All right, anyway, this is all by the by. Lovely Deb, please, let's see what this rigmarole shower of a crowd are up to this week. Hello, just picking up on the the call from lovely, lovely voice who's in Edinburgh and I am also in Edinburgh um thinking about aging yeah I'm only 33 but I do notice things about getting old and most notably my boobs so I feel like throughout lockdown lots of people were like oh I'm just not wearing a bra anymore bras are like in the past and I was just like talk about small boob privilege (laughs) as I'm getting older I've been looking in the mirror and just being like Literally in about two, three years, my boobs are going to be on my stomach. I mean, they're on my stomach anyway when I sit down because they're just so heavy. They're just getting longer. So I'm not really looking forward to that and can't go without a bra for more than an hour or so because it just starts to hurt my back and starts to pull me forward. And then I imagine myself as like, you know, little creaks in your body that you can notice now that you think, hmm when I'm older that's gonna influence my posture so I can see myself being a kind of hunched over old lady (laughs) anyway that's just a little thought for you there bye-bye Good afternoon from Edinburgh. I don't know what accents those were, but you can have them for free. 32, 33, sorry. What a time, what a time to be worrying about ageing. 33, what a time! Not at all annoyed by that process. Um, So, yeah, thank you so much for calling. Let me just say, Mummy is 36 this year, and already, you know, my dalliances with gentlemen callers, they all call me daddy. Oh, the gays, the gays, the gays, the gays. I really want to feel like saying, what, do you want me to treat you like a father? In which case, I'll ignore you, I might get drunk, and I can pretend that you're not homosexual. (laughs) <laughs> if that really is your sexual kink, then I can tell you there are more funner ways of doing it. Trust the gays. I'm at 36, barely any age at all, and already she's a father. Who knew? So there's that. Now, I do understand the dilemma with ageing because I am going through it myself. You know, I did mention I have been hennering. Hennering. Easy for you to say. Because the grey, there's enough of it for it to be noticed, but there's not enough of it to be a look. So I'm caught between maybe she's worth it and maybe she's worthless at the moment. And I've also, I'm not going to lie, I'm having a few dalliances about whether or not I should get a bit of Botox. Because I was thinking, you know, like, because I laugh quite a lot because I'm a quite outgoing, charismatic person. This is about me. I've got laughter lines and they're only going to get deeper. So I understand this internal monologue is what I'm saying. Although I feel boob belly could be 
the new look for next season. And we'll only know that if you sort of embrace it. So if you could be the trial human for boob belly, that would be great. Okay, many thanks. Scotty, it's Holly calling from North Carolina again. I'm calling because I don't really know what you want from me. Uh, Two weeks ago, it was, oh, we've gotten way too many calls. And then this week, oh, nobody's calling. And I would just like you to make up your mind, please. Thank you. Love you guys. Well, Holly from North Carolina, listen, if you haven't realised yet that this is a space for active gaslighting, then what have you been doing for the last three months? Some weeks there's loads of you calling up, other weeks there isn't. So if you could just have a word with each other and kind of spread it out, but make sure you're all doing it, then you'll have a podcast. And I tell you what, if you don't call up, there's no podcast. So, you know, it's win-win for me. Okay, Holly, less of this attitude coming here from North Carolina. Okay, you know I like a call from over the way, but you can change that tone in your voice, please. And the number will be given out at the end of the show. Hello, Scotty and producer Debs. Um, yay, long time. I've been away busy. Kara here. Um, I'm being um, busy living, I guess. That's what you say, isn't it? Just checking in for the last show, really. Do you know what I mean? Everyone down the new, the new was down the pub sound lovely. Everyone was very, very inspirational. Yeah, I mean, all of the girls, man. One of you girls run the world. I mean, whatever you're identifying as. Sorry, darlings. I mean, you know, the days. Just run the world, man. Yeah, um, Irish shots in the bar. It's a free pour, surely. Surely, if anything, after the tones of free pour bar. And then, yeah, so much triggering on. Just made me think. You, um, on the serious note, on the Irish call at the end there, when you were talking about researching your plastic paddies, God almighty, that was such a phrase in the 80s. No, but we're growing up in a bed and breakfast. That's what my mother runs. That's what I run still now, even though that's not a whole other story. Anywho, I remember in the 80s, the police using to come around to check all your um, hotel registers. And obviously in them days, it was all, you got to sign in and you got to put your passport number. And if we purported any Irish came and stayed, we had to ring and ring in their passport number and their name. And once they came around for Irish training, if I remember rightly, I just remember them sitting around the kitchen table going on about, yeah, like IRA members and how to pot Irish people. And do you know what I mean? I'm completely from that generation as well. I remember those signs in the pubs. And I remember seeing one not that long, well, a long time ago, like you expected not to see it. It was over in fucking one of the ferry ports in London. Oh, she's rambling. Yeah, man, really feel for that thing. It was a real, real thing, the anti-Irish policy within us all, and still the easy enough to joke apart it, isn't it? God, pissing yourself. Yes, hearing that as the old people's man, and mum's sort of dribbling away constantly. So it's definitely a thing that you need to try and maintain more time in front of the urinal now. Don't hold on to your urine and urine urinary. Because that's really not good because you don't want this UTI shit as we get older. That doesn't look fucking fun. But yeah, dribbling's a real one at the age now. I mean, I'm not too bothered about all the other bits sort of coming down. I've still got a full head of hair. My dad did at dying at 89 and my mum's hair is brilliant. So genomes, I'm really good here. But um, yeah, lots of piss dribbling with mum at the moment. But she's slowly, slowly deteriorating mentally. So it's quite entertaining at times. Feeling like... Uh, David Blaine or Darren Brown 
because she can't remember going through these bags, like a Russian doll of bags and what's in this bag and this bag and going and it's on repeat and we're sitting there eating dinner and, and I goes, there's a £10 note in that bag and she's like, wow, how did you know that? Because you've opened it 15 times. <laughs> but it was like magic to her, it was genius. So we're sitting around there playing in these bags and packing the bags, opening the bags, putting the bags back together, the bags going in the bag, a bag within a bag and a within a bag. And she's got all those sort of man-sized tissues, the box is open, don't know where the tissues go, but they always seem to empty out. And then the box gets get filled with things, bits, pergamy rips, notes, stabs like this, lost credit cards. Do you know what I Just every now and then got to go in and things are being moved around in these tissue boxes. Yeah, what well, glorious time to be alive, eh? Yeah, totally. Um, old age is an absolute privilege. I'm trying to convince my mum of that, the torment she's in and saying that all the benefit we're living under is because of her hard work. Can you hear that? That's the bell going for me. Give you a quick listen. Boom! Stay strong, stay true. Uh, most importantly, stay amazing news. This is, um, yeah, that's what I listen to on a constant beat. Oh, Gorgie, lovely to have the carer back in the room. Well, you know, girl, I hope you enjoyed your little bit of respite away from the room, because God forbid, keeping this place entertained and keeping your mother entertained. If I believed in such things, I would give you an anti-royalist, non-British Empire, CBE, you know... Going to give you an OMG, girl. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get an OMG. So you can stick that on. And all those other cunts down the pub who are like, oh, I'm on a badge. Well, you finally got one now and it's all nice and golden shit. Busy living. I love that. What a great turn of phrase. Yeah, I'm busy living. I hate it when people say to me, oh, how are you? And they go, oh, I'm busy. Like, I care. No, it's not. You're just fucking earning money. That's not busy. You're just earning a living. Now the disclosure about the B&B. That's fab, isn't it? Oh, I bet there's a story or nine to tell about that. And really interesting to see the other side of it. So like the cop is asking you to call in if there was other Irish people. I remember driving through central London in my dad's van. I was in the back of him, I was in the front and they pulled us over in one of the police boxes. Oh, it must have been only about eight or nine. And um, they held us in the same way. They were suspicious of us. They got mum and dad out of the car. I remember it just being weird. And it was just because I've got my mum's name, Irish name. My dad obviously doesn't because my dad's not my real dad, but he is my real dad. Oh my God. I'm so counsel sometimes, aren't I? Oh, anyway, after you said what you said, I sort of feel like I should go for a wee. Because I know I said I was going to hold it in because it might make me more interesting. But, you know, come and tell the truth. I'm always fucking interesting. So I might just have a wee. So, um... I don't know, Deb, could you play a little bit of a theme tune or something and I'll um, go over Jimmy Riddle. Hi, it's Scotty and producer Deb. She's back. Um, after I spoke about having to do sh- seven times with my worst date story last time, I need to not get fucked anyway. I told quite a few people that I'd been on your podcast and they're like, oh, yeah, amazing. So many people were like, why the fuck were you douching seven times, hun? Like, what on earth is going on there? And I'm sorry, but I'm here to teach the children. And when I say children, I mean straight people that just assume that they can have sex without any preparation. 
Sometimes it happens. You've got to do it until the water runs clear. And every now and then, sometimes it's one time and it's perfect. Sometimes it's two time. Oh, fine. Sometimes you get to the third time and you do the fourth. And then suddenly just a little something pops out. And you know what? If you're going to be a good bottom in this world, you've got to be prepared. I'm ending the stigma, people. <laughs> just had to get that off my chest. Thanks. <laughs> I just wonder if, like, there are any straight people listening to this who are like, what are these people on about? <laughs> I just really hope there's, like, a Gemma in, I don't know, Portsmouth being like, what they're talking about? What they're talking about Polk for? <laughs> oh, it's nice and confusing the straights, isn't it? The actual reason why I was calling was because I kind of wanted to talk about something where recently I have realised that I say, ugh, men, a lot. And then it takes me a second to realise that, oh, I am actually a cisgendered man. And obviously I'm a homosexual, so that's slightly better. But it made me think that I'm kind of a stereotype homosexual in a way that I value female friendships so much. Like, that's the thing I gravitate towards. And I'm trying to figure out why that is, like... And it's not even straight male friends that I'm after, but even like the idea of having gay friends. I've moved to Manchester recently and met someone, a gay guy, and he was like, yeah, I don't have any gay friends. It's just me and the guys. And there's just nothing I find more icky in this world because I feel like they must have such a one-dimensional view of this world, of just a group of lads that hang out together, especially if they're straight, because I'm like... Where is your worldview coming on? Because surely you're just going to have a one-sided conversation. I don't know exactly where I'm going with it, but I just, sometimes I'm like, oh, should I have more male friends? But then, like, like you've spoken about a couple of times where you have an affinity with lesbians. I think I sympathise and I relate more to women. And I've been listening to so many podcasts recently and so many things. And, like, obviously they're female focus, which is incredible. But, like, multiple times the presenters will be, like, directly to the audience and say, oh, women. And that's discarding the gender binary here. But, like, just focusing on the two, it's like, why is this just for women? Why can't men feel this way? And I think that's especially a thing when people come to talk about anxiety and dating and second guessing and all that kind of stuff. That's something... I have far more an affinity with and far more, yeah, I just, that's who I am. It's not really a question, it's more of a statement. I just, ugh, men. Men. And I am one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks! Maybe it's not even men. Maybe it's what I'm talking about here, having listened to my voice note, is that actually it's more the attributes that are stereotyped with the gender. Does that even make grammatical sense? Why do we just have to have this one thing? I don't know, I'm going on now. This is the problem with this format. You just keep going. <laughs> this is the problem with this format. You just keep going. I know, it's like you've all just realised that it's really easy to get stories out of you this way. Anyway, now there's a lot to unpack there. Anna's an artist who has made work, prolific work about gender. I feel, you know, you've come to the right place. I wrote a show plug uh and a book plug called bravado which is about my relationship with working class masculinity and so there's a lot of amen retweeting a thems that i'm hearing here that i'm like yeah yeah i get it i get it i get it but when you say oh yeah you know i am one you know oh yes i am a man 
do those men, those straight, cis, blokey blokes men, treat you like you are one of their own? I'm guessing they don't. Do those straggots, you know, your gay friend there that's like, oh, I'm just gay, uh, but all of my mates are mates and they're guys. Does he treat you like you are a man? Because I think the effeminate fag, I think the camp fag, I think the queen who likes a strong, powerful lead, who has female friends and finds comfort and enjoyment in female space and female-led space and with female powers. And of course, that is female femaled, as in a very um, inclusive version of that. And, you know, for me, I am basically Big Fat Mary that likes anything but a man. <laughs> so put me with a non-binary gang of people, absolutely gorgy. Put me with trans people, absolutely gorgy. Put me around trans masculinity, completely fine. Put me with cis masculinity blokes. I'm like, I don't like it here. I don't like the potential. I know what the potential is. So yeah. So I would argue that even though you do identify as a man, that you're not treated on a par as them because masculinity is a competition. So when we come to answer your question about, ugh, why is it ugh men? It's because the hierarchy of masculinity and particularly the hierarchy within the gender binary makes us feel ugh men makes us feel like we've actively been pushed out or manipulated or the hands that have often oppressed us or the mouths that have often abused us have been by the bodies of these blokey bloke bloke blokes. So is it any surprise that so many of us are like, they're all dicks? And I think because we're in this like new age, really, it's still very young, our language is developing and our relationships developing between the differences between sex and gender and performed gender and gender confirmation, all of those things. It's so new that like the only thing we have to us at the moment, because language hasn't caught up with us, is ugh, men. And I'm okay with that because if that makes those sort of blokes listen and understand or be affronted and then have to like search within themselves for something, they can also do the work as well. So I'm all for the A them of the ugh men. Okay. That's where I'm at. Right, and that's it. We're going to have a little half-time moment there. Uh, coming up, don't worry, sit down, please, everybody. Coming up, we've got JRF, as per usual. Um, somebody's asking me for advice, which is never great. I mean, don't ask me for advice, please. There are other people out there, other podcasts that can actually help you live your life. And there's also a 10-second confession, I'm told. But before that, if you have been sat there kicking yourself that you didn't pick up the blower this season, then worry not. Tell you what. Why don't you do it now? Why don't you give us a call? Why don't you help us start season four in a few weeks with a massive bang? So what I want you to do is open up that WhatsApp and send us a voice note about whatever is going on in that brain or that boob belly of yours to this number. Zero, seven, double, eight, 200, three, four, two, zero. As ever, we also love to have a little bit of a chat with you on the internet. Oh, it's fun over there. We've had a lovely couple of reviews this week. Uh, One that says, the local pub I never knew I needed. Five stars! Five stars, Steve! 
Yeah. I don't know anyone called Gina. I don't know why I always refer to someone called Gina in this room. Scotty, are there any badges for leaving a review? Question mark. Don't fucking gaslight me. Um, love this podcast and the community it's built. It makes me laugh every week, which is a message there. I think from someone called Babri. Babri. Babri now. Sorry, I evidently just got caught in a different world there and just kept on looping Babri. Babri. Oh, it sounds great, doesn't it? Anyway, another little tweet here from Cheska. Cheska says, after the tone, saving me from myself every week. <laughs> Which I think says a lot about the listenership and the reason why perhaps we should get on with the show. Remember, if you want to join in the conversation, hashtag after the tone POD, but also on the Patreon for about a pound a week, you can keep us on air. Thank you very much. You can join in the backstage conversation, have conversations with each other, which is really nice. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash after the tone. Very professional me, always keeping it together. You want to hear what this sounds like unedited. But now it's my favourite and yours. I mean, I don't care if it is your favourite. It's my favourite segment in the show. It's the 10 second confession. My confession is that I cannot stand my friend's boyfriend, my best friend's boyfriend. He is fatphobic, controlling and just extremely boring. She could do a whole lot better. I love it. I love the shade. I love the tea. But I also really love that, like, I am coming from a place of, like, niceness for my friend because I really love my friend. But (laughs) oh, my God, there's nothing worse than when you meet somebody's partner and you're like, "Mm, you're um, you're um, uh, the worst, actually. And uh, I don't know how to tell this person that. Wow. Fat phobic as well. Oh, God. Could you imagine? Oh, I mean, some people just need, well, they need a lot, actually. I'm going to say, as it is, going to stop me in some of my words, I think some people need to have sex with fat people until they realise that we've got special fat tricks that make us way more important than straight-sized people. But wow, great confession. Might be confession of the season. Hello, Scotty. Hello, Debs. It's Miriam Margulies here. Was that really shit? (laughs) It's Kirsten. Um, Scotty was talking about the fat positive clove swaps and I really miss them I used to go to some when I was younger and I think they were run by on Skinny Bop and I miss stuff like that so much definitely want more of those when lockdown allows are we allowed to do that now? along that note kind of wanted to talk about how much I appreciate the fat acceptance body neutrality movement over the past year in lockdown it's just changed my life really um sorry I'm trying not to get emotional um I've spent most of my life starving myself and really suffering and I've got a condition called lipedema which I've been crowdfunding for surgery and I'm able to get the first one, which is amazing, in a few weeks. And I'm so grateful. I know some of the listeners have donated. So thank you all so much. For the first time since 2017, my blood work came back as normal. Since then, I've always been malnourished. But this was the first time it all came back normal and it's 
due to just accepting myself and not allowing doctors to force me to do things that I know aren't right for my body. And I've been so happy. So thank you to our fat community and to our supporters. And to anybody out there who's struggling, you don't you're worth more to show that you deserve care. You've always deserved it. And um yeah, thank you for the pod as usual. I didn't think I was gonna cry. <laughs> Bloody hell. But yeah, big love to the fatties and to our supporters. Love you all. Oh, bless your sweetheart. Well, listen, absolutely no need to apologise for crying here because, I mean, people have done much worse. Oh, they've done much worse. (laughs) Do you know, when people really lay their soul and their life out like that, I have huge admiration for it. I think the word brave is too often thrown around with fat bodies and, and fat people. I won't say brave because, oh God, it makes you cringe, doesn't it? It's like, no, I'm just walking down the street. They're like, oh, you're so brave. No, I'm not. I'm just wearing clothes. Oh, you're so brave. But a, a huge admiration for people who can just call up and just be like, here's my staff. <laughs> she says, person who tours shows of her personal life, puts it on the stage. Anyway, I genuinely find that um, beautiful, that moment of sharing. And isn't that lovely that some of the gang have like sorted you out? So that's a nice thing. Oh, the medical, I mean, you know, controversial, I know. And, you know, very appreciative of absolutely everything that's gone on and is going on. But there is so much about how that profession, the medical profession, navigates bodies like ours that, God, I just don't know what to say. Oh, I'm really sorry that sounded like I was getting emotional. I got a crisp from lunch stuck in my throat. (laughs) Which I think is possibly the most appropriate emotion. Crisp in back of throat emotion. Uh, Listen, Kirsten, it's been lovely, absolutely lovely getting to know you this season. I hope you come back next season. And you know what? Let us know how surgery goes. And um, yeah, we're all rooting for you. Ah, yes, got Scotty low. <laughs> Try that one again. That was my alarm um, telling me to get out of bed because I've gone to bed. Hiya, producer Deb. Hiya, the ATT crew and the lovely ATT pub, the lovely safe space. Um, so, yeah, I'm in my bed and it's quarter past five on a Saturday afternoon. Um, I've been a bit quiet these past couple of weeks because I've been starting new medication and it's friggin' weird to quote the talented songwriter Ronan Keaton life is a roller coaster you've just got to ride it and friggin' hell have I been riding it yeah new meds wild lots of strange new crazy bonkers emotions but I know you did a little call out, so I thought I'll send in a message because I was feeling a bit like, oh, I don't want to go to the pub. I don't want to hang out because I'm feeling a bit, meh. But do you know my favourite tea ever, ever, ever? Like, literally, if I was on death row and you can have one meal, I would have, and it would have to be from this particular fish shop, which I don't think I'll ever go to this fish shop ever again. Hilltop Fisheries in Ollerton. There you go. A blast from the past. 
It's where my granddad used to go and get our fish and chips. And to me, that is fish and chips. And we'd have fish chips, mushy peas, and they also did a fish cake. I've never had fish cakes like them. It was a slice of potato, a slice of like processed fish, I think. Then a slice of potato on top of that. Then it was put in batter and then it was fried. Fuck me up. And they used to do a bag of scraps as well. Like all the bits of batter that were floating about. And those would be covered in salt and vinegar. Oh, with some bread and butter. And a big glass of dandelion burdock. And obviously salt and vinegar. Tomato sauce. Tartar sauce. And if you're feeling a little fancy, a pickled egg and a pickled onion. And the doctors wonder why I'm overweight. (laughs) But my God, yeah, Hilltop Fisheries. If they want to fly over some fish and chips to Edinburgh, just hit me up because I tell you what, I'd be delighted. Anyway, you're off on holiday, you and producer Deb, leaving us all to mind our own business, whatever we do. But any road, I just wanted to say... I'm all right. I'm alive. I still love fish and chips, as you can hear. And what am I having my tea tonight? I'm having, because I am a jacket potato fiend. Love a jacket potato. So jacket potato with sauerkraut, butter, sauerkraut, um, some salt and pepper. Salmon on croute, because I fucking love fish and spuds. And I'll probably just have some boiled peas or some boiled broccoli. Any road, big love to all of the ATT crew. And yeah, love and light. God bless, sweethearts. We'll see you when we see you. See you on your return. And a big sloppy wet kiss from that JRF. Bye. Oh, here she is. She popped up to see us, didn't she? <laughs> Oh, the more that I think of JRF as the auntie of the crew, I actually think, well, she's more than Nana, isn't she? Bless her. <laughs> well, I tell you what, as a death row meal, it's not bad. But I tell you what, I think you can really judge a person by their chippy order, which makes me think next season, I think we should open with what's your chippy order because I love to throw a little bit of shade onto that. Anyway. I love a chippy, but I just do not get the fascination with curry sauce and mushy peas, particularly when people have them together. I just think that's a very soupy, wet meal. Why spend all that time making those crisp crisps, that batter, juicy and battery, just to make it sodden in brown grey? No, thank you. No, I think it's a real northern thing. Oh, they're obsessed with gravy here. Oh, my God. I tell you what, if I ever post anything on the internet and I ain't got enough gravy on it, well, they're fucking umbrage. Absolute umbrage. Anyway, remind me of something that I used to have as a kid, which I don't know if I'm putting this out to the room. I don't know if anybody else has had this in a chippy. It's quite 80s chippy tea, I think, even though I'm not that old. A bean rounder, which was like baked bean fritter that was deep fried. Oh, it was delicious. Oh, I wish you could get scraps in the same way that you used to. You can't anymore, can you? Dandelock and burdock. My God, which Victorian sitcom are you from? Oh, it tastes horrible. It's like someone's watered down some cough syrup. No, thank you very much. Give me a Wally any day. If you don't know what Wally is, you'll have to look it up. So I'm going to go with this. I want to know what your chippy tea order is for the next time that we're all gathering together because I just would like to know who I can trust and who I don't. (laughs)
The number will be coming up at the end of the show. And I'll tell you what, if I don't get chippy orders, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. Hi, Scotty. Hi, Producer Debs. And hi to uh, the rest of the After the Tone crew. Um, It's Laura, lovely Laura, who rang in a while ago, made everyone a brew. Just ringing in because I need your help. I have recently moved back in with my parents I am so lucky to have them and so lucky that they're able to have me while I'm sorting out some house stuff. But my God, this is the first time I've managed to have the place to myself in about three weeks. It's driving me mad. I don't know what it is about crossing that threshold that just turns me back into such a petulant teenager I, just, I can't. And just all the questions the parents ask. What time are you getting up? What are you having for tea? Where are you going? When will you be coming back? Are you working today? How many meetings? I just, I can't do it. I mean, not only am I sharing with my parents, I've also got my 26-year-old brother, who I'm currently sharing a bathroom with. And um, the other night before going for my pre-bedtime wee, walk into the bathroom and the toilet seat is down and there's think, oh that's odd there's like the soap dispenser and stuff piled on top of it how odd so I took those off put them back where they live and it looked like he drowned a fucking rat in there I don't I mean personal grooming absolutely fine but why wouldn't you flush it it was literally unflushed just a whole ball of fur right there in the middle of the bowl and I almost lost my mind and it got me too angry and riled before bed. It really messed up my sleeping. But anyway, if anyone has any top tips for um, surviving being at home for a bit, uh, do let me know. Again, I do love my parents. I do love my family. I'm so grateful to have them. And especially after the year we've had, grateful that they are safe and well. But I am not doing well with it. Anyway, I hope you and producer Debs have a lovely break. Thank you again for the podcast. And I shall be patiently waiting for the next series. Love you lots. Bye. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely Laura there. Making a brew as per Um Now, I'm just going to say as it is, I know this is disgusting and I don't care. Your brother sounds hot. <laughs> A hairy gentleman, I'm just going to say it, just sounds sexy. So um, there's that. I don't see the problem there, Laura. I think you're being a bit uppity. (laughs) Now, there is something to do with the rage that you can feel through your family just doing the most minute things. My brother sent a meme into the family WhatsApp the other day, which was (laughs) like someone who's like a little bit stressed. And it's like, you know, me on a normal day. And then another picture of somebody who's very stressed and it says underneath (laughs) me when my family are in the kitchen and I'm trying to make my tea. (laughs) Oh, that's so me. Honestly, they can drive you up the fucking wall. But anyway, I don't want to dish out the advice because, you know, I'm not living at home. So maybe we'll put this one to the room and see who comes back to us in a couple of weeks for season four. Have you got any survival tips for Laura here? Because I think Laura sounds like a very nice person, you know, very grateful for the family, very grateful for the space, but, you know, 
pushes coming to shove. How have you survived? How are you surviving co-inhabiting with the family? You know what to do. Pick up the blower. Send us a voice note to this number. Zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. And that is it. That is it. That is all you are having. That's all you're getting. The end. Okay. You've had three months out of us and that is it. Oh, why is it? The last moment just always liked to come out of me, didn't they? I tell you what, I could be possessed. It could be a Catholic demon within. We'll have to see if I come back. Anyway, Debbie and I are going to have a little bit of a commercial break. We will be back with season four on June 17th. June 17th. In the meantime, please do consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash after the tone. Be gorgeous to hear you on the internet in that little time in between. Hashtag after the tone POD. And remember, you know, keep up to date with us as much as you can. You enjoy the break as well, Hans, because, you know, we've really spoken about it. We've done everything. Every hole has been a goal this season isn't it so who knows for next season what's gonna happen remember i'd love to hear what your chippy tea is and then if we've got any um recommendations for laura that would also be gorge 10 second confessions throw them over i absolutely love them and just to reiterate it will be a sad place without our wee paddy moping about the background whilst producer deb is fiddling with the knobs but um Yeah, I just want to say that just because, you know, we've got to have a little moment, haven't we? Anyway, the fucking scaffolders are still outside. If they are not gone by the next season, I will vow to have sex with one of them. Right, I'm off to now have a wee, finally. (laughs) I've kept that wee in all that time. That's it. I'm going to be pissing myself and um, my son's going to be calling up a podcast in about 50 years' time. Okay, that's enough from me. Have a gorge one and see you on the other side, bitch. Tone, after the tone, after the tone, leave your The Tone is presented by me, Scotty, and produced by Debbie Kilbride with theme tunes from Liv Morris and Louise Mother Soul. Shout out to podcast.co. After The Tone is a Debbie Productions production. Catch us every Thursday for new episodes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 